Uh, hi, and welcome back to Talking Trade. I'm Ian Coxett at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And I'm Sandy Siegel, president of MEJ. Welcome to our guest today, Diane Farrell, Deputy Undersecretary for International Trade, um, where I understand you are responsible for planning and coordinating policy and directing the International Trade Administration. I, I also understand, Diane, that you recently had a role as the principal advisor to Assistant Secretary for Global Markets, advising on international economics, trade, and commercial policy in programs for Asia. So clearly you are in the forefront of a lot of really relevant topics um, in trade. We're excited to have you. So again, thank you for joining us. Um, perhaps you could start by telling us what the priorities are for the International Trade Administration and, and things you're focusing on to help the US be more competitive in, in the global marketplace. Well, thanks, and I'm absolutely delighted to be with you all, uh, especially as we're uh, celebrating World Trade Month. Uh, a couple of things. Uh, as you would imagine, we are you know, in a historic time where uh, we are beginning to come, at, come back from uh, all of the impacts that COVID-19 brought upon us, yeah. notably you know, the, the global impacts to the global markets, and obviously what we've seen here in terms of uh, the US economy. Uh, so we're really talking about, as part of the Biden-Harris administration, how are we going to build back better? This is an expression that uh, the president has used very frequently that our secretary, Gina Raimondo, uses all the time as well. And what that really means, and for those of us in the international sphere, it's not just about building back better in the United States. It's about how do we strategize our recovery, our economic recovery? How do we take advantage of opportunities overseas? And how are we also helping our foreign partners to recover from the, the global impacts of COVID and the economic uh, challenges that have been placed before us? So we really look at right now in three areas. And these are, uh, the first is very consistent with the work that we've always been doing, fair trade. And so when we talk about fair trade, we're talking about making sure that uh, companies here in the United States know about the opportunities to export, understand that companies that export are actually more stable. We have statistically seen uh, that they have they pay better, they last longer, yep. and, uh, and we know that 95% of the world's purchasers are actually overseas. So while we have a, a good and recovering domestic market, uh, this is a true opportunity to either reconnect or to create new connections as we talk about the global economy. What do we do at the International Trade Administration? Really three things. Number one, we happily work with our US companies. We will take them in hand, both at the local level, as I'm here in Milwaukee, and we have colleagues in our US Export Assistance Center who wanna work with companies to help introduce them to markets, to help them to do the research, and ultimately, if it makes sense, to help facilitate those companies' ability to visit overseas markets as part of a program that we call the Gold Key with our overseas colleagues at the Department of Commerce so that we make it as painless as possible or perhaps to help to mitigate risk where companies may be wondering if they could actually be successful internationally. So we do that. We have people on hand to help. We also make sure that the trade agreements that we have are fair. 
We work very hard to make sure that there is a level playing field for our companies so they can compete because we know that when the level playing field exists, our companies are extremely successful. And then the other thing that we're doing, especially as we talk about recovering from this economic, unimaginable two or three years ago, economic impact, how do we ensure that everyone takes advantage of this moment in time? How do we make sure that we are providing equitable opportunities, that we as Americans are walking the walk when we talk about how we wanna set examples overseas to our overseas trading partners? And how do we make sure that we do everything in our power to see that all boats rise in a, in a high tide is the expression that I'm very fond of using. And so that's an area that has been of great importance to the Biden-Harris administration, uh, one that we are working with and working on very closely. And because our mandate is primarily to be supporting small and medium businesses here in the United States. And we look at those businesses as the absolute economic back, uh, backbone for our country. We also know that we wanna make sure that uh, any underserved communities, any uh, women or minority owned businesses who may have been overlooked, who may not just have known about some of the opportunities that they have overseas and the support that the US government can give to them. And it's not just limited to, to my division. There are other uh, aspects of this support when we talk about broadband, when we talk about um, uh, grant, uh, grants that are now coming through uh, the economic recovery. We wanna make sure that we're bringing everybody along. And so equity is the third pillar uh, of this very important program as we think about a brighter future, uh, a future where we've learned some really important lessons. Uh, supply chain is one that I'm happy to talk about. Uh, so that should the unthinkable happen again, uh, we're better prepared, but also that we make sure that every citizen of the United States has that opportunity and that they understand how valuable uh, overseas markets can be to, their, to the growth of their businesses. Wow, that's a very rich agenda, Diane. Thank you very much for that introduction. Uh, I know we're going to want to come back to the uh, equity action plan in just a moment, but let me uh, let me jump in with a question about the uh, the what is currently the the very big news, which is the U.S. initiative called uh, Indo-Pacific Economic Framework. As we all know, uh, that's a pretty big initiative. Forty percent of world GDP. The U.S. Uh, teaming up with Japan, Korea, India, Oceania, and several ASEAN countries. Um, what are your thoughts about Indo-Pacific economic framework? How will that promote, uh, first of all, US trade, and secondly, uh, achieve those domestic agendas that you just referenced? Well, I should probably disclose, as was mentioned in my brief bio, that I do have a bias for the region. Prior to serving as Deputy Undersecretary, I was the Deputy Assistant Secretary for Asia. So as you would probably imagine, I am thrilled over the moon to see the Indo-Pacific Economic Framework for Prosperity announced by the President and so successfully alongside our uh, Secretary, uh, Gina Raimondo, uh, most recently in uh, Korea and in Japan. Uh, this has been a, a really important message that we are sending as America to the region. Uh, very oftentimes, we will hear from our foreign counterparts, uh, you know, when is the U.S. going to show up? They, they want to trade with the United States, especially in this region. And so the fact that the IPEF has now been officially kicked off 
with such an impressive array of uh, participants. Um, as you can imagine, uh, every country has its own priorities. Every country has its own uh, regional predispositions. And so the fact that our team, and I do mean our team at the Department of Commerce, has been able to successfully bring on board such diverse markets. When you think about Singapore, Japan, Australia, India, Malaysia, Brunei, uh, Vietnam. Uh, it's incredibly important and it speaks volumes to the American commitment. And when I talk about our priorities as we, as we discuss uh, exporting, we are opening up market possibilities. Again, as we talk about uh, level playing field, this gives us an opportunity to have these earnest discussions with our foreign counterparts. And I should add, importantly, this is also an effort to start to truly address in a material way the impacts of climate change. Uh, another, of course, extremely important Biden-Harris administration priority, but one that folks in that region particularly have been impacted by. When we talk about rising sea levels, we're talking about Asia. Yeah. We're talking about all of those impacts. And so whether it's climate change, whether it's, again, uh, working on intellectual property rights, uh, bringing uh, better digital opportunities to countries that are still very much in development when we talk about uh, their communications, their ability to digitize, their ability to be online, to be competitive, to be able to transact with US companies. Uh, there are really limitless possibilities. And again, knowing the region so well, <clears throat> frankly, knowing a lot of the personalities well mm. and the national characteristics, this is an enormous accomplishment. And so I will say over the weekend, as I was listening to the president making his announcements alongside uh, his counterparts in the quad, as it's known, uh, with, uh, you know, with Japan, with Australia, with India, uh, and, and talking uh, specifically with the uh, prime minister of Japan, uh, it was extremely heartening because uh, I, know, I know how hard it was to get to this point. And the fact that we were able to do this successfully is wonderful. However, this is not about resting on our laurels. This is about now getting the work done. This is about fulfilling the expectations for this kind of a, a framework and really delivering on the goods and services. <laughs> and, and would you agree it's really more of a collaborative framework versus a trade agreement and, you know, not addressing duties or trade preferences, but um, you know, more collaborative in spirit and perhaps focusing on the things in climate and, and so forth that often get pushed aside in some of our trade agreements. Um, so very, very interesting. Um, very. Perhaps um, you can close um, as we're running out of time, Deputy Undersecretary on um, coming back to the Equity Action Plan. I know that's something you've been closely involved in and, and how the administration plans to offer targeted assistance in that regard um, in, in your various plans. Well, the equity plan is exciting. Our deputy secretary announced it uh, with the White House of just about a month and a half ago. It's a real framework, again, for walking the walk, not just talking the talk. And so this is a plan that has very specific goals and expectations. I happen to be honored to be serving as the co-chair of the Equity Council, along with our Deputy Secretary, John Graves, where we're standing up for the first time at council. And he likes to say, 
that this is a whole of commerce approach. And he's right, because where we have the exporting responsibilities as part of the International Trade Administration at the Commerce Department, we also have the Economic Development Agency who have been tasked by Congress with $5 billion, with a B, dollars to be, to be providing economic development grants to communities, local communities, states and local communities across the United States. And they've had tremendous success working with cities, towns, states, and tribal areas in this regard. So that's one aspect. We are also the, the agency responsible through NTIA to be bringing broadband, broadband, which is essential now for doing any kind of business, to rural and underserved urban communities. So again, it's a whole of commerce approach. And this is the way that we can really get this done. Let's bring the broadband to underserved communities. Let's do the outreach in those communities as well, both rural and urban, as I mentioned. Women owned, also a big priority. And then additionally, providing the funds to kickstart some of these programs so that we can, as I say, the, the ultimate goal is to make sure that everybody benefits from our recovery, both domestically, but also to the extent that we can globally. Really worthwhile programs. Very, very exciting to hear about that. It's a rich agenda, I must say. Uh, Diane, we're, Diane we're, uh, we've, we've run out of time, unfortunately, even though there's a lot more to discuss, yeah. obviously. Uh, it is really a rich agenda. I like that whole of commerce approach. Uh, tagline and I guess we'll have a chance maybe to come back in a few months and see how things are shaping up so uh, until then thank you very much for joining us well thank you and we'd love to see you at any number of our events we have select USA coming up in late June where we bring delegations in from overseas and uh, a really good program for exporters that will be taking place in September uh, that will be specifically in uh, Rhode Island talking about the blue economy hope to see you there Great. Thank you for joining us, Diane. Thank you, Diane. Thank you. This has been Talking Trade, and we'll see you in the next episode.